Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. This is Locked On Chiefs. We have the post-game breakdown for you today. Matt Derrick is here from the stadium. It is shortly after the pressers, and we have some emerging news. We're going to get right to that here. This is Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest, is at the game here at Arrowhead. Uh, we'll talk about where we are with the status of Andy Reid postgame. Yes, yeah, so we're still kind of learning as we go along here, but Andy Reid did not address the media. He he came in after the, the end of the game, uh, went into the locker room, did speak to the team about the game. After that, um, he was feeling ill, according to a team spokesperson. Um, NFL Networks reported that he did leave the stadium by an ambulance, and all indications are that the, you know, the Chiefs at this point are just trying to take every precaution, uh, making sure that everything's taken care of. Um, no indication at this point about the serious nature of the health issue or anything like that with, with Andy Reid, other than he just uh, was feeling ill and had an examination after the game. Okay. There's a lot of things that we should probably check off the box. First and foremost, you're on premises. It seemed like it was pretty windy out there. It seemed like it was pretty warm, too. Do you think that the weather played in uh, could have played an effect in here? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt that there's a couple of moments in the game that it definitely played. And I, and even if you weren't at the game, you probably saw it a couple of times. Even the ball on the ground was being blown around. It was just laying there um, a few times. And I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, um, especially to me, a couple of the most throws, the particular, to probably the exception on the, on the attendant for Travis Kelsey there at the end. Um, I think that ball looked like it got hung up a little bit. The other thing about the win today was that it was swirling crazily. I mean, it was going back and forth. Uh, I have not got to hear yet uh, about the Chargers breakdown after the game, but uh, I think that the, the wind change in direction probably is what forced them to decide to go for it on that fourth down uh, late in the game rather than try a 48-yard field goal which at that point, due to the wind changing direction, would have been into the wind. Um, they go, you know, they get that five-yard penalty, still go for it. Um, the wind doesn't change direction. They make it the field goal there. I mean, it's hard to tell, but um, definitely seemed like it affected a few things during throughout the game. In terms of its effect on Andy Reid, obviously this was a, a more stressful game than we anticipated, I think. Um, and together with, with those uh, situations, the, the – environment at the stadium i think it was it's probably warmer than he expected as well um do you have any concerns going forward again this sounds like it's all precautionary from the team if if andy has to be you know hydrated or spend a night or two here in the next couple of days what does that do to their preparation and coming off of a game that we all feel they probably should have had one yeah i think it's, it's a good question i think there's probably two separate ways to address that you know and one is you know what effect you know did this have during the game you know the, the players to a t Afterwards, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Anthony Hitchens all said that, you know, they didn't notice anything wrong. And in fact, when, you know, Clyde Edwards-Helaire came to the podium, he wasn't even aware that uh, Andy Reid was feeling ill after the game. So we were the ones that told him about it. Um, You know, players said, you know, they didn't notice anything. He was the exact same Andy Reid throughout the game. So I don't know that there's any connection there whatsoever. And I think that's just pure speculation. Um, But the second part of it, you know, I mean, uh, hey, Dave Tobe came in to, to talk with reporters after the game. He's the assistant head coach. That's kind of his role. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that, hey, if the Chiefs were having to go a, a period of time, a few days even, um, without Andy Reid, uh, this team is set up to handle things like that. I mean, the, you know, he, he divides up 
everything by for a reason. I mean, he divides up duties. He's got things planned out. I mean, he, they, these guys, his assistants, they already know what their plan is for the upcoming week. I mean, what they're going to be doing. I mean, that's the way that this guy's wired. So to me, um, this team, if, if anybody was set to, to have to go a few days with other head get coach, if that's the, if that ends up being what the case is, she's one of those teams that can handle it. That, that makes perfect sense about the degree of organization that Andy Reid has. Really the only person on the roster that I think would miss his presence there for the next couple of days is the quarterback because he's probably the guy that he has the most conversations with day to day during the week, isn't he? Yeah, probably so. But, you know, then again, a lot of those conversations that they have are, are very rarely necessarily even one on one. They're very collaborative, you know. So, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes had to go through this week with only Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka, I mean, that's that's enough. And, you know, and with the, the nature of, uh, of of Zoom and virtual conferencing in the NFL these days, I have a feeling that even even if Andy Reid were on the sidelines for some reason, that he'd still be involved with this team throughout the week. That makes a lot of sense to me. Folks, we are going to get into breaking down the game, both sides, what needs to be done, and what surprise is about today. We'll do that right after we hear from this. Hey, Chiefs fans, we're back with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. Our listeners are getting 25 cents back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the app, Get Upside app, in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. And you get a bonus, 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's like 50 cents per gallon on your first tank. Download that app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Drivers are making a lot of money, as much as two or $300 in cash that goes right back onto their accounts, and you can use it in any way that you want, either your bank account, PayPal, whatever. Get that Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to start to get 50 cents per gallon on your first tank and 25 cents after that. That's TOUCHDOWN. On Get Upside. It's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there, and you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Matt, I think you guys in the press box have to be nearly as surprised as I was at the way that this was the one cardinal thing that Andy Reid has always said that every player in the in the league knows you can't turn the ball over and maintain the expectation of winning. That is what cost them this game overall at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it was. And you know, and Patrick Mahomes was asked um, during the post game uh, about any concerns that he has for the offense going forward, and and he he had a very perplexed, befuddled look on his face to say we scored twenty four points and turned the ball over four times. I mean, you know, there were certainly looked like a couple of those those drives that um, they were going to score points on had they not turned the football over. So mm-hmm. without those turnovers, this team probably scores 40. And and certainly if they don't turn the ball over four times, I think that they win this game by double digits. Um, and every other aspect of this game, I mean, for the most part, outside of, you know, red zone defense, they beat the Chargers. I mean, they beat them on the run. I mean, that's the one thing that every team had been, been doing and been running the football over the Chiefs. Chargers didn't do that today. 
Um, they certainly had their moments, but the Chiefs outgained them. Um, for the most part, the Chiefs controlled the, this game, especially in the second half. The turnovers killed them. The turnovers were the one factor that absolutely buried this team today. So, yeah, offensively, the Chiefs feel like they have zero concerns offensively. They feel like they move the football at will. And if it weren't for an uncharacteristic Tyreek Hill turnover, a, a probably a fluke turnover with Clyde Edwards-Alaire's situation, because, I mean, the way that he got hit, that's just not going to happen very often. Uh, yeah, the, the the two interceptions probably could have been you know better throws on both those passes. Um, but as, as Patrick Mahomes said on the, on the throw to Kelsey, he's like, you know what? I've made too many big plays in my career on throws like that. So they're not going anywhere. I'm not going to stop making that throw just because something bad happened. Right. You got to be who you are at that point. But let's be honest. For the first time that I can remember in covering Patrick Mahomes, yes, the win was a factor. But this loss in terms of the turnovers being the key is as much on him as anybody on this roster today. Yeah, it was. I mean, the, particularly the throw to Kemp. I mean, that was a, it was a high throw behind him. Um, when balls get tipped, bad things are going to happen. So I mean, you can put a little bit on the quarterback. You can put a little bit on the receiver, too. Um, but as, as Mahomes says, I mean, hey, if he completes that throw, it goes for a touchdown. And he's right. I mean, that looked like it was certainly going to be going for a score if, 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 uh, if Kemp comes down with it. Um, you know, here we've got two games now where I, I think that there were – two turnovers from Holmes that were particularly bad. I mean, the, he'll tell you though, the throw against the Ravens was probably one of the worst, you know, interceptions of his career. Uh, I, I feel like that even though he thought that that was a fine throw, I mean, as far as the situation goes on the throw to Kelsey, um, that goes for the interception late in this game, that still uh, today with that weather and the wind, the way things that could be hold up. I mean, that just seemed like he was kind of just chucking it up for a prayer mm-hmm. and just kind of get away with that. And you know, we, and we haven't even really talked about you know the the biggest bugaboo, which I think that you know the the Chiefs will probably tell you is that one officiating call goes a different direction. They still feel like they win this game, and that's probably a, a fair assessment as well. There were a couple of of questionable things in terms of I thought there should have been a review here or there, but at the end of the day, and I say that all the time because that's what it boils down to is the bottom line. It wasn't all negative, though. I think we would have liked to have seen a little bit more output from the secondary receivers, meaning a non-Hill and Kelsey. Um, I thought we got some some good output from uh, McCole Hardman in the run game. Um, certainly had a little bit here or there. But for me, this, the, the two big takeaways on the offensive side of the ball, we'll talk defense in a minute, folks. I thought the offensive line got more mash out of the run game. Clearly, Andy called a more run-heavy game that I think allowed them to have a little bit better balance. And I think that allowed them to wear down the Chargers. And then we'll talk about the tight ends. But for you, what was the what was the big upside on the offensive side of the ball today? Yeah, I don't think there was any doubt. It was the, the ability to run the football because um, it wasn't just Clyde. I mean, it was everybody was having some success with it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, you even include the pop passes that McCole Hardman had. I mean, those are extensions of the run game as well. So, you know, definitely kind of you include that. I mean, the, the Chiefs were really over 200 yards from a, a ground game perspective. Um, the only thing I really see that, you know, that, hey, they still need some work on are the, are the screen game. You know, they, they went to that a couple of different times and never really broke the way they wanted. They had a couple of negative plays even in that. So that, I, I think, is still a work in progress. But outside of the turnovers, yeah, I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey has a big day. Mm-hmm. New, no news there. I mean, that's fairly consistent. Uh, yeah, it, I, we did not, unfortunately, you know, with the Andy Reid situation, we did not get an injury report. So we don't know if there was anything that that kept Tyreek Hill out of the game for a little while or limited him. 
Um, certainly seemed like they did play for a little bit without him. Um, but then the, another part of that is that they were running the football pretty effectively, and they just had a, a kind of run position group out there at one point in the second half with the, the guys that they put on the field when they kind of run the football the best. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, the fact that this offensive line, after I thought some real struggles the first couple of weeks, you know, kind of enforced their will a little bit more. Um, they've got to go further, and and I don't think that the pass protection was as sharp today as it has been in maybe the first couple of games. Um, but other than that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has has a point. I mean, you put up 400-plus yards, you score 24 points on a day when you have four turnovers. They don't make those mistakes. This team probably goes over 500 yards easily. <laughs> they win this game by a couple of, couple of, dig- of double-digit games. I, I mean, it, there was a lot to like offensively other than the turnovers, which – Killed everything about this game. Yeah, and, and that's the way that it boils down. I found it very telling that uh, every tight end on the roster got uh, a pass reception today. Jody Fortson scores his first touchdown in the NFL. Um, it looks like that position group is going to be something that maybe we thought during the OTAs was going to be a strength, that they can adapt, that they can take what they're going to get in the shorter game and make more wrinkles out of that position group in particular. I think it's going to be a strength for them going forward. Does that ring true with what you saw on the field today? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, I think it proves that they can do multiple things when they've got a lot of tight ends on the field. You know, it felt like in in the last couple of seasons, last year in particular, that anytime that the Chiefs were going to some two and three tight end sets, they were running the football. I mean, that was just kind of a dead giveaway that they were going to be going pretty conservative. Uh, I think the, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the Fortson touchdown may have come on a a three tight end personnel out there on the field. And, you know, it just shows you that, they're willing to throw from that that formation. And uh, Noah Gray getting a little bit more involved today than he had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, those two, three, four tight end sets of the, on occasion um, can be a matchup problem because, you know, a couple of those guys, especially Gray and Fortson, are, are, can be real threats in the passing game. I mean, you know, they're not on Travis Kelsey's level. They're not 800,000-yard guys or anything. Um, but can they give you some production in the red zone in particular? Yeah, they can. And so... I think that's something that you're going to continue to see more of. The one thing I was kind of surprised by, you know, especially since the the Chiefs showed a lot of Jarek McKinnon early, it mm-hmm. seemed like just didn't see a lot of him as the game went on. I um, was kind of surprised by that. Thought it might be a little bit more of the, the McKinnon game early. Um, but with the what the Chiefs were able to do with Clyde and with Daryl Williams, they probably just didn't feel the need to go that deep into the playbook. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't. I don't see a recorded touch for him. We saw him on the field, but I, I don't think he got a touch in this game. I, I was surprised by that as well. A, a lot of surprises for me on the other side of the ball as well, folks. We're going to get into the defense here on the backside of this. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device to catch the live game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone. That's tough enough. Now you've got your neighbor's best friends, pals, dogs, login for all the good stuff. I want to tell you a way to simplify your life and make all your entertainment that you love without any hassle. And it's a great way to get all your television together in one place. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. And you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one single place. It means that there's no more juggling remotes or hunting for them in the couch. And you don't need to buy another device ever. And the best part is there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get all of your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required, and content varies by package. 
We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar. And you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150, 130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar. And low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Built Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you will find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. So, Matt, I, I feel like this was kind of a whack-a-mole game for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a lot of pressure, I think, given what they gave up last week. Clearly, not facing one of the top two rushing teams in the league helps you, but I don't think that was it. I felt that both... The interior defensive line and the linebackers stepped up and made changes to their game. They played more aggressive and more assertive. I think that showed up on the field in a positive way. Yeah, it did. I mean, there were still some mistakes. And, you know, where you point the fingers on some of those mistakes, I mean, remains to be seen. I, I think I need to, to be take another look at the game. I mean, we'll see what the coaches have to say about it later this week. Um, certainly open receivers were a problem throughout this game. I mean, there were just too many, it looked like, felt like breakdowns in coverage. And again, that can happen when you lose, you know, two of your top four corners. I mean, you come into the game without Traveris Ward, you lose Rashad Fenton. Uh, those things can happen. But, you know, I, I think you have to love the fact that this defense came out with a ton of energy early. Um, they were really feeding off the crowd. You know, they had a great first drive, um, had a few different three and outs scattered throughout the game. I mean, once again, you know, the biggest fault that you can really point with the defense is that it's continuing to be too leaky in the red zone. You know, they, they, they got that streak to 11 straight touchdowns in the red zone before they finally got, you know, held the Chargers to a field goal. And then they broke down again at the end of the game in the red zone. Um, but other than that, they, they played the run extremely well. Um, other than a few breakdowns here and there, you know, the pass coverage was decent. Um, they didn't consistently get pressure with four, and that's a problem. Um, they brought so you know, Spags brought a couple of blitzes at some really good times. Uh, Legereus Sneed, other than one play, I thought had a fantastic game, mm -hmm. incredibly physical across the board, and he just had one dumb penalty. But other than that, um, you know, I, I, I think that guy's a superstar in the making. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just continuing to get beat by little tiny things, and if they can clean those up. This defense can turn around in a dime. I mean, they really can. It's just that they can't continue to let a, a few of these, you know, big plays beat them, especially in opportune times. Because today, I mean, I, I mean, the de some of the plays that this defense was making, especially you know between the twenties, they were playing extremely well. I mean, they mm -hmm. were keeping the Chargers in check. Uh, it was, and without the turnovers, once again, I don't think they give up thirty points. I don't think this was this was a day where you look at that final point total, and to me. I know Spags said it the other day that, you know, I mean, the biggest thing he looks towards his points. I don't think you can put all 30 of those points on the day on the defense. No, I, I think I can easily agree with you that short fields make it very difficult to defend. And quite frankly, in today's NFL, if you hold a team under 21 points, that should be enough, particularly with the offense that the Chiefs possess. So 
that rings true to me as well. I will say this. The only concern that I still have is two concerns. Um, A and B for this coming week is I thought Mike Dana put more, maybe his best game together in terms of versatility. They clearly knew that uh, Herbert was going to attack him to the sideline, much like he did in game two last year and that we saw last week in Baltimore. I thought that they recovered that and they uh, adapted with Hitchens out there to kind of prevent some of that. But they didn't get enough pressure overall, and there's still communication, particularly with Tyron Matthew and the guys that play around him. I, I still see breakdowns in the rotations in particular, and that's something that I would have hoped they had figured out at this point. It looks like it was simplified. Is this just getting everyone on the same page? Is it the substitutions? What do you think is still meandering this communication issue in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put a finger on right now exactly, you know, what is the cause? Is is it the, you know, the personnel? Is it, you know, losing a couple of guys? Is it, uh, you know, having having some guys playing together that maybe just haven't played together that much? Um, it, there's a lot of different things that it could be at this point. And, and, and the, the scariest thing is that it could be something different from time to time. I mean, some of it's broken coverages. Sometimes it, it looks like, you know, miscommunications. And and sometimes it also looks like maybe just one guy not understanding his assignment. And, you know, and that's a problem. I mean, especially at this point with some of these guys who have been in the system for a while, you're going to have mistakes when new guys make mistakes. You know, a guy like a Mike Hughes or a DeAndre Baker who haven't been in the system as long. Um, but when you've got some communication errors with some of the veterans and the guys who've been around for a while, that's that's a concern. I mean, especially one going forward. And, you know, and, until this team cleans that up, Teams are going to continue to exploit it. I mean, you're going to concede them, continue to try to attack points in the field where the Chiefs are showing some weakness and where they're showing that, you know, guys may not be completely assignment sound. Yeah. yeah I think, unfortunately, it was exacerbated a couple of times. I think there was one late blitz that I that I thought was, unfortunately, left Mike Hughes in particular alone on an island against a receiver that is just too big for him. Point blank, bottom line, going to go on him for his entire tenure when they play these Chargers. Uh, the adaptation, you know, you have to be... Uh, you know, fluid in being able to move around and try to disguise things. Do you think that that's something that they can afford going forward? Or do you, do you have to put all your money in here, so to speak, on getting back your longer, taller corners, particularly to various work? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, 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 that's how the Chiefs are built. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they're 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 built with, you know, the idea that that's, those are the guys that they're going to have out there. And I think you do see, you know, on days like this when you don't have a Traveris Ward that, you know, hey, there's there's some opportunities out there for defenses to attack, you know, certain points uh, of offenses to be able to attack certain points of the Chiefs defense. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's something that once again, I mean, you know, and I, I thought it was probably appropriate that Anthony Hitchens talked about it, you know, when saying that he's like, hey, I can't speak for every position group about what the problems are. He's like, you know, at the, at the linebacker position, we've got to tighten some things up. We've got to play more downhill. Uh, he's like, those are the problems that we've been having as, as, at the linebacker position. He's like, I can't speak for the other positions, but I think that kind of goes along with it. I mean, the, it's it's some individual issues at each group. It's not necessarily a, a collection of the whole, um, but you know, if you've got guys up front defending one way and guys on the back end responding differently, you're you just you're, you're not getting that that communication down. And, and Hitchens even you know he said, hey, there's a couple of times. And this is the one takeaway from this game probably to take going forward is that the Chargers, particularly in the red zone, really capitalized on trying to go quick and catching the Chiefs and some substitution issues. And and there was probably even a couple today that the officials probably didn't give the Chiefs the proper time to substitute. Mm -hmm. Um, But teams are going to be looking at what happened today.